dude, I'm I'm driving. I finished up my work day. I said, I'm going to the store, pick up a few things. Went to the store, picked up a few things, driving back home. And in the drive back home, it's like it's like your TV, how your TV just kind of flickers. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. how my eyesight did. My eyesight went Really? Blur. Can't see nothing. In an instant. In an instant. One minute you fine. Once second I'm fine and driving and then and I couldn't see hey it's a great day to change lives we are back another episode of the instincts podcast when I tell you I got one of my mentors in the building today I'm excited he didn't know the format of the show so I'm about to go ahead and give it to him we got Monty Montgomery in the building, man. When I tell you, you are, in my opinion, a library of knowledge. I take it for granted. I should come sit with you every day. But, <laughs> and we still wouldn't run out of conversation. So what we're going to do is document some of the conversations me and you have behind the scenes and give them just enough to know how important you are to me. Is Absolutely. that cool? That's cool. All right, man. I appreciate it. Listen, we always start the show with one question. Actually, two. Okay. The show is about overcoming life's trials and tribulations and turning those things into celebrations. People see us today. They think it's always been this way. It hasn't. Right. Right. And I want to inspire people and show individuals that we all go through something. It's called life. And it wasn't meant to be easy. Sure. So let's talk about the number one thing in life you've had to overcome. And then more importantly, how did you overcome it? Sure. Well, let me let me first say, I mean, I I know that you you really appreciate some of the things that I have to say but what I have learned uh in the over the course of time is truly truly when it when it counts how much I've actually learned from you okay right? and, uh, and even though even though I might have started out as the quote unquote person that's that's sharing a lot but I just picked up so much and I and we'll get into it a little bit later about where it really uh really helped me so you know I I all of us have been through a lot of stuff uh, yes, in our lives, Brian. And uh, and for me, I thought at one time the biggest challenge that I ever had was uh, w- when I lost uh, my mom. But but I tell you what really hit me hard was when I really, really well, just recently uh, had a stroke mm. and I literally felt as though I was going to die mm. now. I've been in some close calls in my life. Absolutely. Right? I've been in some stuff I probably shouldn't have been in. Right. And, <laughs> and we're going to talk about that too. I can't wait. And, uh, and, and, you know, and had a chance to see a lot of bad things happen close up and personal. But it was not until I was really going through that battle mm. of the stroke that I really came really face to face with feeling like I was going to die mm. and thinking about all of the things that I still needed to do all the things I still wanted to do the people I was going to leave behind and uh right. and so that was that by far for me has been the biggest biggest challenge that I've ever had and let me say this most people think we're talking about 20 years ago most people right now will look at you today and think we're talking about five years ago as of today's interview about how long ago was the stroke that was uh, truly just about six months ago. Six months ago. Yeah. So within the past six months, my man suffered a stroke and you saw your life flash before your eyes, literally. Absolutely. Now here's the question. How did you overcome it? 
Well, I tell you, it in in that moment, because it's for me having having been, and we'll talk. I know we'll talk a little bit more about my my martial arts background Absolutely. and stuff. But but being an athlete for most of my life, uh, it was it was a challenge when I started to not be able to control my body. Mm. You know, when I started to lose my eyesight, I lost the ability to control my limbs. I, I couldn't control my breathing. And so in that moment, when I was challenged with all of those things at the same time, you know, I just went back to a place of trying to embrace all that I had learned. Wow. And uh, and from my martial background, from the spiritual journeys that I had, and then even in my business journeys. And, and you're going to you may think I'm joking, but I'm 100 percent in the moment when I started to feel myself kind of my body just kind of turning against me. Mm. What I said to myself was in it, it. I didn't say it, but I heard it in my head. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, because it's funny because I couldn't even talk. That's crazy. Right. It's so crazy. What, what I heard in my head was my body don't tell me what to do. I tell my body what, what to, to do. do. That's right. And uh, and and you know, I got that from you. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> and, and so when you know when I That's talk crazy. about when it really counted, mm. right? When I was right there in the fight, that came back to my memory. Wow. And uh, and then that allowed me to then zero in and focus. And and from that point, then I started trying to control my breathing. Uh, because I was having a hard time breathing. Wow. Right. And then uh, I started just trying to slow everything down to give my body a chance to reset. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, and every it's tool amazing. out of my toolbox. But what triggered it was you in my head from a conversation whenever we had it. Yeah. When you said what you said and that that's what I heard. Man, it's amazing how a person can say one thing to you like. Thrust forward when absent. Yes. Stick with what comes. Follow what retreats. These are things that I'm going to have him talk about in the martial arts application. But it's amazing how I said that one thing to you and in a, in a, in a crisis you applied it. It's, it's crazy. So we got we to gotta be careful. And I tell people all the time, be careful what we say to people, good and bad. It sticks with them. Right. And you want to have a library of references and quotes and philosophies that you can pull from. And you are, man, you are a philosopher. And by that, I mean, you've experienced so many things in life. Let's fast forward real quick before we get to the middle. What are you doing now? Let people know what you're doing today, because it amazes me every time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, so, you know, going back to those lessons that I've learned, I had the opportunity to be mentored by some very uh, phenomenal uh, men in my life. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, and one of those gentlemen was a gentleman by the name of Dr. Sabi. Mm. And uh, and and some of your guests or your listeners may may know him. But I had the privilege of working with him for about five years. Absolutely. And uh, and on that journey of health, uh, I, he taught me so much. And I just started. I said, you know what? The doctor said I have to re-engage this whole idea of being healthy mm. right mm. and it wasn't i didn't know what to do but you start enjoying life and yep. you start Slipping. you know just kind of out there just living mm -hmm. and you forget about the things that got you there yep so that was uh, a time for me to go back i locked back in you know i'm 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 down to eating once a day again. Are you really? Yeah, one time a day, once a day. my big meal, and I'm done. I'm getting in copious amounts of water, mm -hmm. right? And mm -hmm. I'm taking my, my herbal supplements, and then I make sure that I sleep, mm. and I make sure that I stretch. All the stuff we used to do when we were training, Absolutely. right? Like, so pre-COVID, COVID really just kind of screwed up a lot of things mm -hmm. for a lot of people. Routines. But it kind of got us out of our routine, right? Mm -hmm. So got back into doing those things. I have my, my 6 o'clock every morning 
meditation moment. Mm. And that's why I try to just reconnect with spirit, reconnect with myself. I get centered. I get focused. And, and I learned to relax. Don't start my day in a hurry. In a hurry. Don't start my day already revved up, you know, like 100 miles an hour, because that just causes you to burn out over time. And then this is one of the lessons that I've learned. So, you know, just reengaging those principles that help sustain a healthy life and and help us to be here on the planet, man. So, so if the doc, so you, so we gotta we gotta get back to the actual stroke. Because I want people to understand the symptoms, the signs. I remember you called me and told me you had to pull over. You, you, you know what you wanted to say, but you couldn't say it. Right. You know what you wanted to do, but you couldn't do it. We want to give people the signs of a stroke. But I want you to tell people right now. Let me get my cards out for this one. If you had to tell them three things right now that you personally or the doctor said you neglected that may have caused you to have that stroke, what do we need to either not neglect or make sure we do? One. I, the the biggest thing was not living a balanced life. Mm. I, I was I was so focused on this on this whole money chase, mm. right? I mm. got to that point in my life, and 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 it was things were happening, right? Mm-hmm. But it's like you know the more that was happening, the more I wanted it, yep. you know, because I got bigger dreams and uh, and larger things that I wanted to do. So I was so focused on that that I cut out. Uh, my 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 stretching i cut out walking just exercising i started to eat poorly mm. you know because it's eating on the run just picking up this and that and uh or or i'm eating way late at night because mm. my days are so long and uh and then you're trying to go to sleep on all this food mm-hmm. you just mm-hmm. you just put down mm-hmm. and then you stop taking all of the things because i mean the the reality is this a lot of the foods that we consume really have very little nutrient value in them whatsoever and so we're starving our bodies even though we feel full Right. We're starving our bodies, you know, of the nutrients that it requires. So two. So so one is proper eating habits, but also at the right time, at the right time. Two is at least if if I heard you correctly, at least stretch and or do some type of physical activity. And people think, Monty, that's running 10 miles and you just need to speed your heart rate up a little bit. Am I right? You can speed up your heart rate. There are things that that I I challenge myself to do just sitting at my desk mm. and working. Mm. You know, just holding my posture and doing doing certain breathing exercises that keeps my core tone. Got you right. Got you. And uh, and this good posture habit mm. right also stays off back problems down the road because mm. like. You got back problems, so now you don't want to exercise. Mm. So you don't exercise, and then you're in the bed, and you can't sleep well. Mm. So you're not getting good sleep. That's the other thing. That's three. Right? You know, so you just, you just, I I was notorious. You know, I lay down at 1 o'clock in the morning. I'm back up at 5 o'clock in the morning. No sleep. And I got no sleep. And even while I'm laying down, my mind is still thinking. Cause I would, I'm, I wake up in the middle of that. So you're really not resting. So you're not. You resting. sleep. You 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 resting, but you're not sleep. <laughs> or you sleep, but you're not resting. Not resting. <laughs> so your mind is still working. So nutrition, and it's funny. We all know this, but this episode may just help somebody kick it back in gear. It may help somebody um, who may be backsliding, who's eating late again. It may help somebody who's waking up stressed first thing in the morning, trying to make something happen. It may help somebody who's not getting any sleep. And it, and it's the reality, money. It doesn't happen right now. It catches up with you later. Absolutely. Like anything. I mean, when, when the stroke first happened, 
Me, I just gotten back from a vacation. I was I was out sailing on the on the ocean and and just living life, playing golf, enjoying myself. Mm. You know, and then when I came back, re-engage back in this in this in this grind, right? Out here working hard again. I'm I'm relaxed and charged up. And I know we we was you said we'd get back to it. So in terms of how it really just happened. Yeah, how'd it happen? Dude, I'm I'm driving, I'd finished up my work day. I said, I'm going to the store, pick up a few things. Went to the store, picked up a few things, driving back home. And in the drive back home, it's like it's like your TV, how your TV just kind of flickers. Mm-hmm. That's how my eyesight did. My eyesight went Really? Blur. Can't see nothing. In an instant. In an instant. One minute you fine. Once second, I'm fine and driving. And then Wow. And I couldn't see. And I was like, what? So I could, at least I, you know, I know I need to slow up. Right. And, uh, and then I just kind of pulled over and, and then it started to, it, it will come in focus, then go back up. Then I couldn't see again, come back into focus. Then everything get blurred. And then it just got to where everything was blurred and it just kind of held up. And I'm like, what in the world is going on with me? And and conscious enough to know something wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And I said, okay. I know I need to get home. Right. Cause, cause my lady was at the house. I'm like, if I get home, then I got somebody who can take care of me. And, and so I had to figure out, okay, where am I? I couldn't see, but I, don't, I can't even tell you how I drove home. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you did end up driving home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, and, that's, and the doctor's God is like, good. doctor's like, did, did, did you call an ambulance? Yeah, we eventually called an ambulance, but they pick you up. You parked the car. I was like, no, I. I drove home. You got home. You <laughs> yeah, felt you got your way home. I got I got home. You ended up seeing snippets or reminders or make a left here, make a right here. Because if you can't see it, it's coming back. Are you seeing in between? You know what I attributed it to? So, so, you know, got a lot of stuff I used to do in my life. So for 20 years, I was a I was a firefighter and a medic. Yes, sir. And so I remember when I as a medic, I get a call at three, four in the morning. And and I'm getting out of out from a dead sleep, getting dressed, getting in the unit and driving. And Kate, when I get there, I couldn't even remember how I got there. How you got there. So it's kind of you feeling your way. Kind and of. So, that's so crazy. it was kind of that whole muscle memory thing mm-hmm. where I couldn't see it. But I kind of knew I'm on this street. I know this street going to end on this street and I'm, I need to make a right. OK. And so even though it was blurry, I could I could still see that I got into the end of the street. Next, so we get home. Right. You still don't know it's a stroke. I started. You, you st- I started to feel like it, it could have been a stroke mm. because because when I was getting out of the car, I was starting to have problems. Mobility. Being, yeah, my mobility, and I so I couldn't control my steps. It was like my body was. It was almost like tremors a little bit. Mm. So it was starting to shake. Every move I was trying to make had, was really a struggle to mm. make just the steps, and uh, and so. And so I, I, you know, because I used to be a medic, I was like, okay, I think I might be having a stroke, mm. right? Mm. And uh, and so I need to get here. I need to let my lady know, hey, I need to get to the hospital. We need to call call an ambulance. Mm. And, uh, and and so that's so those things from from losing my sight to having trouble with my mobility, mm-hmm. and then to getting to the place where, as you were saying earlier. In my mind, I knew what I wanted to say, but when I tried to articulate, when I tried to speak, it would not come out. Man, that's scary. And then some, like, it would be maybe 30 seconds, 45 seconds later, what I was trying to say 45 seconds ago Ago, would come out. And even then, though, it was coming out broken, 
Wow. And uh, and so what's her reaction when you get home? She was I think she was she was like in a little state of shock. Yeah. Because she didn't know. She's like, I don't know what what what's going on with you. Right. And her first thing was, well, just lay down. Mm. And I was like, I knew to myself, I was like, okay, laying down is not what I need to do. Yeah. I need, I don't like, like most men, you know, we don't really go to doctors a lot. And so it's not like I wanted to go to the doctor. Oh, we need but to go. I know that when it's time to go, you need to get your you butt get, up. Right. Because this is not something I can fix. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. So I need to get in front of some people who have the capacity, capabilities to make their assessment and do what they need to do. Because I know you all have got a window right. when you when you have this stroke. Mm. Uh, and so so we got to the hospital and nice. uh, and nice. uh, and and they were able to immediately um, start to evaluate me, do up running all these tests and uh and they were trying to, you know, they came in, they were running physical tests, you know, blood work and all of this stuff. And about an hour or so later, later came Listen. back, the doctor, the neurologist, she said, you had a stroke. You had a stroke, period, yeah. point blank. Yeah. And so now can we keep you tonight? I said, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> you going to keep me tonight. Yeah. I don't care if you don't. <laughs> you, <laughs> that's my orders. So. Real quick for a profession, because we got to get into this martial arts thing and we're going to help. We're going to save some lives verbally without even doing any demonstrations. What you do for a living now? OK, so right now I, I work as a consultant. I work in the in the safety and the cons and security space. Nice. And so what what I do um, professionally is I work with with different companies, um, mostly right now in the transportation arena. Okay. Right. And I evaluate and assess their security profiles, their safety profiles. We want to make sure that they're in compliance. We, we want to also provide to them uh, our expertise so that they can they can harden their security and, and safety uh, so that they can make sure they have a place where they have have fewer incidents. Yes. Right. That could cost them money. Right. Or cause their patrons or their employees to be hurt. So, so long story short. I know, for for example, public transportation public transportation here in Atlanta is called MARTA. Right. Right. Some mm -hmm. area, D.C. area, MATA and these different places. So basically, in layman terms, you help big time corporations stay safe from outside and inside threats. Yes, sir. I look at uh, from from aviation, from uh, airlines to uh, transit agencies uh, around the country. I've had the privilege of working on some very large uh, properties right. to uh, to help them uh, just better secure their 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 operations. Makes sense. Yeah. Now you got in this by well, I won't let me let me not speak for you, but I know thirty years in the martial arts, Wing Chun, a form of kung fu, is your is your one of your masteries. Mm -hmm. Did that help you get into the corporate securities arena? It's it's funny. So uh, honestly, that was a bonus when I got it, when I brought those skill sets, okay. they were very happy, but they didn't know. It was honestly my, what, what they call uh, ICS uh, background, what they call incident command. Okay. Uh, and so when you, when you have a large scale emergency or incident that happens like 
Absolutely. Uh, with the with terrorist. the planes, mm-hmm. terrorist attacks, and 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 years ago when they were having bombings at at uh, abortion facilities mm. and, and all of those kind of major emergencies, or you have a large scale event like the Olympics mm. that I had a chance to participate in. You know, my command experience, knowing how to manage a large situation and make sure that people stay safe that was what really kind of catapulted me mm-hmm. into into this as a as a profession that i've been doing now since 2000 mm-hmm. um and uh and i used to tell people for those that might remember this little movie years ago by this brother named wesley snipes called passenger 57 yes remember yeah i was like the real wesley snipes right on the planes uh, on the planes okay you know but air marshal i wasn't an air marshal I coordinated uh, all of our air marshal flights, right? Sense. And so behind the scenes, I did that coordination, setting that up with with the with the air marshals uh, internal to the organization. I would do spot checks at different airports around uh, the country. I had 130 something airports that I had to wow. kind of fly through, and uh, and so I did that in the airports. Uh, I did that, you know, on the grounds, underneath, looking at baggage operations, and then actually on the planes sometimes as well. And it used to be funny because they used to, they started to figure out who I was. Right. And, uh, and, uh, <laughs> you you're I, supposed I, to be incognito. Yeah, I had to start wearing little disguises. <laughs> right. You know, so I could just sit in the airport My, and observe. Did you wear a wig at any point? I wore some dreams. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, swear I can't God, picture it. I had some dreads on. <laughs> Same with no, you <laughs> were. <laughs> They're not supposed to know that's you. They weren't. They weren't. Let me ask you this, man. They say a true martial artist. This, this is what I heard in a, in a very, very um, uh, credible documentary. They say a true martial artist, it can be 50 to 100 men in a room, and they want to attack him, and in his mind, he's going to get out that room alive. Do you feel do you feel do you feel that way? Oh yes sir. I, I used to always say I'm going home. <laughs> you know, no, I'm, I'm going 50 to home. 100 men. They yeah, said true yeah. martial artists is like this ain't no problem. Yes sir. So you know, it's just it's just a mindset. And that mindset, you know, carries over in all aspects of your life, but that mindset says I'm getting through this. Right. Whatever this is, you know, <laughs> if it's if it's one person or if it's 10, 15, 20 people. Right. You know, I used to tell people, I said, "You know what? Unless you are as big as Shaq, I really don't even think about, you know, Your what side. it's gonna take to go and go through you. Right? <laughs> now, if you Shaq, you gonna make me think about. At it. least think about. Yeah, but you're still, still going home. I'm still going home. Right. Right. But if you're not like Shaq, I, it ain't even a conversation in my mind. Right. About what needs to happen. Right. You know, for me to get through this situation. Well, let's talk about it real quick. So, we, you know, I brought the tall stools so us little guys can look. <laughs> Could get some height today, but the reason I'm about to ask you this: Tell them how tall you are, Monty. Five five. Monty's five five. Please tell the story. Well, let's go back to the nightclub days real quick about the guy that was about six two, six four, and you got all these guys around you that are big, and he acting up, and you with your five five self is like, I got him. Don't worry about it. And how you brought him down? So, Please tell everybody how you brought the six four down to five two. So that was funny, right? So on this one night. Um, one of my one of my martial art brothers had uh, had uh, asked me if I wanted to pick up some extra work, right? So I'm working in the clubs, and this night they tell me to work at the bar, because there were people who were trying to get over behind the bar. Patrons, so, yeah, patrons. So I'm at the edge of the bar, just kind of posted up there, and uh, and this this cat comes through. He's about about six two, 
he's about 250 <laughs> and uh and he's talking to to the uh to the to the um bartender the bartender and so the lady's trying to fix his drink but he ain't really trying to get a drink right he's really trying to shoot his shot and he's at her at her okay and he's trying to come around to the back of the bar so he could continue his conversation okay and so i'm there and i was like yo bro you 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 can't you can't come back here this is for employees only that's right and um and so fast forward not the, the short version is he he looks down at me and say little man <laughs> this is what he said little man uh what you gonna do what you gonna do <laughs> man, you know look i'm just i'm trying to talk to this lady and i now you're trying to be cool. Yeah, and so it's like it no problem. I I've been called little man or worse before. It's not a problem. Don't hurt my ego or nothing. But I'm like, but yeah, brother. So look, you can't come back here. What can I do to help you? Mm. You need a drink. I'll even buy you a drink. There you go. Right. I'm trying to quell it. Yeah, I'm just trying to trying to talk him down and 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 mitigate the situation. He decides that he wants to kind of touch you. Yeah. <laughs> And, Which is a no-no. Yeah. And so he reaches out to touch me, and he, he's, he's touching me in my head like little man. Little <laughs> man. Like, like he's just trying to just mush me, right? He, he's just going to mush me and move me out of the way. And, you know, there, there, when, when he did that, all I saw those those ribs. It, I, it amazes me. When I there's this movie that Denzel Washington did called The Equalizer. Yes. And and whenever down. he was getting ready to get into a situation, it was like things just slowed down. Right. And he starts seeing all the moves that's gonna get made. He know what they gonna do. He know what he's getting ready to do. Absolutely. And then bam comes back and, and it starts and it's over in an instant. But at the moment that he did this, everything just slowed down. <laughs> And I saw that rib cage. It was just right there. You can't miss in it. In 3D. In 3D. And I went straight into him with, with an elbow. I tried to just break it. I'm like, I'm trying, because, you know, these floating ribs here, you know, they really not holding on. To nothing. Some of our ribs are attached. Right. In the front to the sternum and to the back. But you got some down here that they call floating ribs. <laughs> and that's the ones I wanted to get, the ones that were floating. And... Uh, and I just gave him a good shot, brother. And people, I mean, he didn't see it. Nobody saw me hit him, but they just saw me go. I went through him, and I came up behind him, did a real choke. He was done after that. And he yoked him out. Yeah. So, so you taught me that when you hit this rib, you aiming for this one. Yes, sir. We we trying to go through. We trying to go through. So to all the all the people out here watching, give you a little little martial arts uh, advice for the rest of the show. Monty, what's the psychology of hitting here, but mentally going here? Why, why is that? I know, but I want you to explain to them the power behind the waist and the, and the thrust. Yes, sir. So, so a lot of people hit just to deliver, the, just to make contact, mm -hmm. but you're not, you want your punch, you want your strike to penetrate. Mm -hmm. Because when it penetrates inside of the body, it starts to affect the the whatever everything that's inside in between so all of your all of your organs you know that's how people get bruised uh kidneys and Ooh. and bruised livers and and all these other things because you want that energy to go through mm. 
And if you're not trained at that, you feel like just making contact was the was the end goal. Right. No, I'm not trying to make the contact here. I'm trying to come through all of that because I want to disrupt. <laughs> you want to be a disruptor. The center. Right. right. You know. Right. And then, so everything you uh, one of my instructors used to say, you want to just shake up his whole foundation. Ooh, Lord. So inside of him is just he feeling things. Right. And, right. Uh, and it's rattling. Yeah. It's, it's shaking up because that that pressure. You know, just causes those things just to not function right. Right, absolutely. You know, you, it, those muscles are gonna seize. Those organs can't move. You know, everything inside our bodies are are moving. Right. Nothing is static. And when you get that that immediate sensation of all of that, everything is disrupted for a moment. Ooh. You know, and so so that's you know that's that was that intent. Right. And so you and you have to have that intent. You know, in this martial world, <clears throat> but then you apply that to everything else. That you do, Brian, and I, you know, and mm. I'm, I applaud you because I see you do that in everything that I've seen you do. You put everything into it. Same right? thing. And uh, it's not just, hey, I just wanna, I wanna do this and talk about it and just, but no, we see all. I had the privilege from behind the scenes mm -hmm. to see all of the work that you put into things, all of the thought that you put in into things, and the focus. And so. Whatever it is that we're going after, mm. right, mm. is that focused intent, mm. you know, that that yields the, the best, the best results. Awesome. Awesome. So, OK, there's some people watching right now. They're getting a little excited. They, they want to know some more martial arts tips. If you had to give us three or four preventive measures. Right. right? Let's help some people understand that when you get into martial arts, the goal is hopefully never to have to use it. Absolutely. It just gives you some serious confidence. And I want to talk about one more incident where you did use it. <laughs> but but let's do some preventive measures. What are some common mistakes people make uh, in this self-defense game? I think the biggest mistake that people make, and I, and I even had to have this conversation with my daughter, is, is a loss of situational awareness. Yes. You know, it's like a lot of times we people just kind of go about their business and they feel like as long as they are minding their business, they're not concerned about anything else around them. And right? you got to be. And uh, and and so you have to have situational awareness in all that you're doing anytime you're out and about. Right. And that gives you the opportunity to, to avoid, mm. you know, mm. a situation that where you where you're not the victim. So let's and, talk about. Let's define situational awareness. Right. Um, in the parking lot, the most, oh goodness, one of the things people kill me doing, keys not out your purse, ladies. You fumbling through it, looking down. You're on your phone while you do it. Talk, when you say situational awareness, define that for people. Yes, sir, it is, it is all those things, Brian. You, you're thinking two to three steps ahead. You know that when you get to your car, you need to unlock your car. Right. Right. And if you don't have a car that has the capability of the touch unlock or, you know, on the on the door handle, uh, then you should have the key fob at least in your hand mm -hmm. before you get to the car. Mm -hmm. You're, you shouldn't have to look for it once you get there. Right. Because it's in that in that moment that you create a window for the person who's may may have some intent to hurt you you know to to, to seize that opportunity situational so, awareness so, just knowing and here's another one be even before you go right when you get to the parking lot park if you know that when you come out it's going to be dark park where you know that there are lights period park where you see other cars right right, right. so that you're not in an isolated you know, place that has poor lighting. And now you got to traverse through that environment right. by yourself. Right. You know, 
don't do that. Right. So so it starts with um, one of my teachers um, on this spiritual journey. He used to tell me, you, you want to start with the end in mind. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so if I know when I'm getting ready to go there, then I do that on the front. And here's the crazy thing. I'm a seasoned martial artist. Mm -hmm. There used to be days that I'd love to be able to get into a fight. <laughs> but, you know, now I'm just trying to, I just want to have peace. Get home. You know, I just want to be able to live my life. Right. You know, and so these same things that, that we're talking about, these are things that I do. Right, absolutely. Every still, time. Still, you know, and, uh, you know, and like my, my lady, she says, why do you always back in? She, she, it used to freak her out in the beginning. She's like, is this something I need to know? You, know, you got some folks looking at <laughs> you. got to hurry up and get you out. Got to I'm like, no, I just, I always start with the end in mind. That's right. I don't want to have to be in a situation where I got to back out in a rush. Gotcha. Right? I can go forward in a rush if I need to. Okay. So I'm going to take my time while I'm inside this vehicle to back in like I need to. Right? Okay. So let's, let's, let's give them a, a framework. We got situational awareness. Mm -hmm. All right, so that's the first thing, is making sure that the predator does not see that you are the easiest prey. That's number one. That's for ladies and gentlemen, period. Right. Let's talk to a young man real quick, hotheads. Talk about how this mouthpiece and getting out of situations or, or not wanting to even get into a situation. Let's prevent some teenagers from getting into things they ain't got no business getting into. Yes, sir. So that's what is that? So situational awareness is number one. Number one. And, okay. and number two is de-escalation. De-escalation. Thank right? you. And, uh, and, and so for by that, you know, some of the easiest things that we can do to de-escalate is to simply walk away. Money, why is that so hard? And, but for people, why is it so hard for them to, to they feel punk? They feel punk. They okay. feel like it's ego. Right. And ego gets in the way. Right. But I used to like we when we trained with all my students, I would tell them I was like, the fight doesn't start until you get into hitting range. That's right. If we are six feet, five feet away, I can't touch you. You can't touch me. It's just a conversation. Right. And conversations ain't never hurt nobody, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. And so we can walk away from conversations. Mm -hmm. That's the first de-escalation, you know, effort that everybody can employ. The second de-escalation is simply, hey, you know what? Just let them win. Mm. You know, because if, if, if it means that much to you, you know what? You got it. Yeah. You got it. It ain't right? that serious. It, it ain't that serious to right. me. Right. Right. And, uh, and, and so, you know what? And, and DS saying that. Allowing someone else to win, you know, sometimes it helps them to keep their ego intact. Gotcha. Right. Gotcha. And if they can, <laughs> if they can walk away with their ego intact, you know, and you can get home, and you can get it home. It was a win-win. It's a win-win. <laughs> right? You know, and uh, and and so, so de-escalation um, through through just letting them win, through just understanding that you can walk away, mm -hmm. and uh, and then then the third thing, Brian, is is uh, is just to to try to talk the situation down. Mm. So if you you first just let them have it. I mean, if you can't if you can't walk away, then you say you got it. Just mm. let them win. Mm -hmm. And if you mm -hmm. can't do that, then you can talk it down, brother. You know what? I didn't come here, you know, to have this situation with you. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to have a good time just like you are. Got you. Right. I want to go home to my family just like I know you want to go home with your family. 
You know, mm. and uh, and so can we just have some peace? It's crazy. I was just at the Home Depot today. This lady uh -oh. is going off in the parking lot. <laughs> okay, I thought she meant with you. No, not with me. <laughs> okay. I thought we were about to get another story. And, and, but, okay, and, good. But, uh, but, but, but she going off on somebody. She's going off on the other lady. So this lady gets out, hits the car of the of the of the lady who she's parked next to. Right. And then the lady responds to that. And she just starts to cuss. Well, I didn't mean it. Blah, blah, blah. All these explicatives. And I was like, there's two older black ladies that should have known better. <laughs> and I'm like, sisters, can't, can't we just acknowledge, can't we just acknowledge the fact that you just did it and say I'm sorry and it's over? It's over. It don't even have to be beef. Yeah. I'm like, sisters, why we just can't have love in these situations? She knows you didn't mean to do it. Right. You Emotions. Know, but, but. The fact that you don't even acknowledge that you did it, you know, made her feel some kind of way like right. like you don't care about her property. Right. So I was just trying to share that in that moment. Absolutely. Just today, this morning. If, like, just can't, can't we just talk it down? So we're talking about de-escalation. Sure. And we're talking about um, um, talking yourself down. Right. Right. You told me about an incident. And, and believe it or not, I live by this to this day. You're, I think, getting on the martyr train and you felt the energy. And I want to talk to people about energy. You felt the energy of some guys or maybe one guy that you felt like may be trying to rob you. And you went on purpose all the way and walked to the last train, because if he follows you way down here, when all of these carts are right here, now we know something. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And, and the mindset of a person that's saying, look, I feel some heat. I feel some energy. Let me just test it real quick. Let me walk way down here. Now, I remember you telling me, I'd never forget. Now, if he come way down here, I swear to God. <laughs> and my point is, your antennas were up enough to know to do something to either confirm your belief or get or bring some attention to it. Sure. Now everybody don't have the confidence that if he walked down here, I swear to God, you were ready for him. Mm -hmm. What can a person do? What should a young lady do if they feel somewhat threatened? Because I see people all the time that they don't they don't follow their instincts. Right. And that's what the show is all about. Right. They right, don't right. follow their instincts. So the the biggest the biggest mistake that I think people do, and even what I did in that moment, Brian, was you you have to you have to confront your aggressor or attacker mm. but but you do it just just visually and so i needed him to know that i saw him mm, there you go right interrupt the and flow. so yeah so i'm doing my thing trying to mind my business but when i saw when i felt what i felt i need i needed him to know so i'm looking i'm like okay i need you to know that i see you that's right you know and and i'm not sleep <laughs> I, you need to know that I see right. you and I feel that, right? Okay, so we, we make eye contact. Mm. And people, a lot of times, what people don't know, ladies especially, but when you avoid eye contact, that makes the aggressor, the perpetrator, even more in, you know, intent mm -hmm. on because they, they feel like you're scared, mm. right? And so you need to know, I'm, oh, I see you mm -hmm. and I'm not scared of you, mm. right? And so... Then so that happened, and then I proceed to just move away, which is the first de-escalation thing that we talked about, right? Mm -hmm. You know, I need to try to walk away. Mm -hmm. But but if the attack is coming, it's not like I'm gonna be sitting here like I don't know it's coming. Absolutely. I need you to know that I know 
what you thinking about trying to do. Mm. Yeah, and I and I told I, I had a situation with my daughter. We walking down the sidewalk going to a mall. And uh and this guy looked like maybe he he was homeless. He was he was posted up at the front of of the of the building. And when he saw us, he started to walk toward us. He had, I just saw him from afar just trying to hit everybody that came past him for money, you know, for money okay. and stuff. Okay. So then he starts to walk toward us and then he's acting a little agitated. Mm. My daughter is on her phone the whole time. <laughs> she head down walking purse on the outside of her or her body. Right. So if he wanted to just come down, he could grab it. Absolutely. I'm like, you walking with someone. At least move your purse to the inside. Gotcha. Right. Put it on this arm between us. Right. And 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 then, but she's just she's just walking. So as he started, as we're walking, he starts to favor her outside. Mm -hmm. And and so all I did was I just grabbed her arm and say, "Zora, come here, tell me something." And I moved her to me. Mm. And after I moved her to me, then what I did was what I told you I did in the on the train. I looked at him. Mm -hmm. To let mm -hmm. him know that I see you. Mm -hmm. I see you and I, you need to know that I see you. Mm -hmm. Right. So now my daughter's behind me. At that point, he just started yelling. You know, he's walking. People always thinking, blah, blah, blah. Bro, say what you want. Gay, Pete, gay. I know this. <laughs> I know what you were getting ready to do. You know, peep you. He's he even started speaking about it. Yeah. So he mad now because I done peeped mm -hmm. his, his card mm -hmm. knowing. So, so. Having that awareness, letting people know that you see them, and then you start those de-escalation efforts. Uh, but at the, you know, like I used to talk about in our training, like I said back to the other story, had he come down, you know, outside of this is conversation. Mm. But when you get in the hitting range, mm. so it, had he intentionally followed me to the last train, then it's like, okay, let me go on. Let me put my little stuff together and get this stuff down because we finna go on. And at that point, I'm not even waiting. All I need for him to do is to get in the hidden range. I would hit him first. Because at this point, you've done all your checkpoints that says he not coming down here to talk. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's too many trains. And I want people to get it's too many trains. He, he could have gotten on to be trying to get on yours and have a discussion. Right. Period. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's talk to the ladies one more time. Ladies always feel like she grabbed my hair. What do I do if this? What do I do if that? What do we do if this? We can't do any martial application today, but what should ladies be aware of from other wild ass ladies? I, I, I should, I tell, I tell ladies, I tell men this too, but, but ladies in particular, whenever our natural tendency, whenever we feel attacked is to pull away, mm. right? Um, but if someone has your hair, it is hard for you to pull away. Absolutely. Right. Without hurting yourself. Right. Because they, if they control your head, they control the rest of your body. Absolutely. The rest of your body going to go wherever they move your head. Absolutely. Right. And so what I tell people is that you have to go against that natural tendency to pull away. You get close. Mm. If you want to pull me to you. I'm coming. Then I'm coming. Mm. But when you come, you got to bring a gift. <laughs> <laughs> So since you want me, you're going to get, uh, we, we should say all of me. Yes. yes. Absolutely. So when they, when you show up, you show up with, with some stuff. Yep. You got groceries, you, you got elbows, you got knees, knees, right? You got eye strikes. You got a whole lot of stuff, right? That you can do. Oh my goodness. Right? The throat. You can just gouge the eyes, hit the nose. You can stick your finger in the corner of his mouth and just rip it. Right. Out. 
out. Yeah. yeah, this tears. Yeah, absolutely. You know, all the way back like the Joker. Just like the Joker. Yeah. Right. So there's a myriad of things that you could do, but the natural tendency is just to jerk away. Mm. And when you jerk away, you just give them more control. Mm. Right. So, gotcha. so ladies, always remember if they want to pull you close, just bring some groceries with you. Right. <laughs> you got to bring something to the party since you didn't know it was a party. Absolutely. But, but since you just got this this last minute invite, right? Then you just got to bring what you got. Got you. So I brought the tiger here today as we close for a reason. My white tiger. I love this tiger. I love this tiger, man. You know, it's called the Instincts Pinecast. So I got my new props. I wanted to bring one of my props out today. Now, before we go, Kung Fu has five animals? No, there are a myriad of animals in Kung Fu. More, uh, more than yeah. five, for sure. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Well, let's, let's, let's give them five quick ones and the philosophy behind each one. Let's start with the tiger. So what does a tiger do? What does a mantis do? What are the principles behind each one so right. people can understand that so, we are the highest form of, of intelligence on the planet and we need to tap into some of these bad boys. Tigers instinctively know that because they're such big animals that if they have an opportunity to, to, uh, to kill a prey, that they have to go at it because if they miss it, they may not eat for a while. One shot, one kill. Right, and so a tiger's instinctive uh, uh, notion is to hit with its full force. Mm. It doesn't care if it's a gazelle or if it's a rabbit. It's gonna hit it with the same amount of power, mm. right? It doesn't, that's all it knows, 100%. It's gonna give you everything it's got. And in it's, life? And, and yeah, just and so the same thing we were just talking about. There you go. You gotta you gotta approach life that same way, right? That principle of giving it all you got, mm. uh, because you may not get another shot at it. Mm. That's the that's the attitude and the philosophy behind of the a tiger. tiger style and, and how it how it works <coughs> in real life and how you use it in martial arts. The tiger also, is it the tiger that hits with the palm rip? Palm rip. Yeah, it, it palm gives, rip. It's giving it's giving you everything it's got. <laughs> so the palm, the hit with the palm brings the force of the weight and the size of the tiger to onto that until it's prey. Mm. Right? But then once it once it hits you, uh, because in, in martial arts we talk about you, you take away three things for people, uh, and then that helps you to win the fight. Let's give them you three. You take away their eyesight. Gone. You take away their breathing. Gone. And you take away their ability to stand. Gone. Right? So when the tiger hits you with its full weight of its paws, that's disrupting your ability to stand. Mm. Now that it's got you focused on just trying to stand up, now it, gra it grabs you with the claws, and then it rips. Got you. Right? And so you get that two for one, but it's attacking. It attacks your ability to stand. Mantis. Mantis has this idea of understanding that before it can get to the center of a thing, it, it, it attacks and destroys everything around it. And so in, in, in practical terms, what that means, if, if a mantis is attacking another animal, it will it will first attack the limbs, whatever the animal presents. Mm. So if you present a limb, it's going to take that and it's going to break it. Mm. Right. You attack another. You throw another leg out. It's going to catch that. It's going to break it or maim it. Mm. Right. And so when it when it attacks and breaks or maims the limbs, then guess what? Now Goodbye. your ability to, to stand or to fight back is diminished greatly. <laughs> And at that point, it just goes in for the kill. Now it attacks the body because you have no way to defend. Mm, serpent. The serpent 
is we and we deal with the snake. Well, there's the snake. there's there's two concepts. You got the snake and then you got the dragon. But I deal with the snake. The the snake, um, just like it does in real life, it 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 tries to attack you at angles. Hmm. And so when you see a cobra and and it when it raises up into a fighting position, it's it's trying to do this at you. Absolutely. Right. It, it's it's not going to always come at you straight. Mm. Right. It's trying to angle in at you. Mm. Right. And so that's that's that snake style. It goes around the in, in martial terms. We say snakes go around hardness. Mm. Right. Mm. It, it's not a it's not a very big or strong animal, although there are some big snakes out there. But. It, it, it's not going to hit you and knock you over with its force of its power like a tiger would. Absolutely. Right. And, and so if you're a big animal coming toward it, it goes around that and makes it strike. Gotcha. Right. The eagle. Eagle. Oh, boy. There are a lot of things about the eagle. Certainly. First of all, uh, it's just a testament to the ability to see things from afar. Mm. Right. And uh, and so it it knows when the situation is getting ready to happen. Like like the train, you going to the light. You, I'm trying to get as much distance, but the eagle already. Oh, I see you, and Boom. it's and it's coming in. Gotcha. Right. It locks in from a long. It knew it was going to get you for dinner a long time ago. Mm. Right. So you got that long range focus. That's one thing of an eagle. But the other thing is, in in a martial terms, eagles, you know, although their beaks are powerful, their talons and their legs are the most powerful parts in terms of fighting. Mm. And so they can grab. With the with with their with their talons and just and just mobilize you, right? Wow. I mean, I've seen I've seen eagles in documentaries uh, just pick up pick up a, a goat a goat <laughs> a lamb that's like on the side of a mountain, yeah. right? Just lift it up and then drop it, mm. right? And then it lets gravity to deal with the rest of it, wow. right? But the talons are what they what they are known for. They they have piercing power. Mm. Their talons have piercing power. And so when we do strikes like an eagle claw, right, we want to hit, but we have pierce. We pierce. And that's that whole idea of going deep mm. into a thing. Love it. Right. Love and so if, if you grab someone's arm with an eagle claw, it they don't they don't mind that you want to pull away. Mm. They want you to pull away, but they're going to rip on the way everything out. on the way out that, that you're yanking back. So you, in effect, hurt yourself. When they apply that eagle claw, uh, and you to, pull, yeah, the, and you pull away, eagle claw to the neck, same thing. So it it attacks soft tissue and it penetrates. Well, man, all I got to tell you is this: you're a bad man. Yeah. If it's a hundred men in the room, we getting out of there. Yes, sir. We going home, bro. <laughs> uh, you know, but and and all of those things, man. It just it just brings me it brings me back full circle to I, I am just. I'm just beyond, beyond uh, impressed at at how you can take those ideas and concepts of uh, of, of martial arts and you apply them to your business. Absolutely. It helps you to stay consistent. Um, I mean, I just see you and I marvel at, at how you've been able to apply those things. And, uh, and and so you guys are just a testimony for me and a reminder. You know what? Stay focused on your basics. Mm. You know, keep those principles always a part of everything you do. Mm. And uh, and it, it's going to help us to kind of stay here on the planet, man. So I, I count it a privilege to be here with you, brother. I appreciate you hey, man. so much. I appreciate it, man. Hey, it's a great day to change lives. Y'all already know, man, this, this episode was sponsored by Monetize Your Message. We believe that your story belongs to you. 
but your message belongs to the world. This is Monty Montgomery. 30 years in the martial arts game. My man. I don't know how many years on the planet, but you look good, man, and ain't no...